Hello and welcome to another episode of Streaming with a Purpose, where we will inspire and motivate you to live your best life on purpose. For some, that could mean earning extra income, doing what they love. For others, it could mean doing something different than they've ever done before and allowing your purpose to sustain you. Doing something you've never done before can be challenging, hard, and scary. I speak to people who were once where you are and are now living their purpose and want to encourage you to live your life to the fullest. I am your host, Sylvia Montgomery. Let's take a listen to our next guest. Hello and welcome to another episode of Streaming with a purpose. I'm your host, Sylvia Montgomery, and I have with me today, Colleen Redman. Colleen, how are you doing? I am doing well, thank you. How about yourself? Well, I am doing pretty good. You look well today, Colleen. I'm just so glad that I have the opportunity to see you and to be able to chat with you and and to sit across from you, really, (laughs) And (laughs) uh, while we're having this chat. So what I'm going to do is just share a little bit of information about Colleen so we can just get a little bit of her history here. So Colleen was misdiagnosed with type 2 diabetes in August 2010. And in May 2011, she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. She became an advocate in the diabetes community, focusing on the diversity and inclusion of people with diabetes in the Black, Hispanic, Asian, and Indigenous communities. She wanted to create items that would allow women to express themselves. She's spoken at various conferences and has been a part of panel topics that discuss diversity and inclusion, adulting with diabetes, self-care, and other topics that are important to people living with diabetes diabetes, also to caregivers and the healthcare industry. Now, Colleen is also the founder of Black Diabetic Girl and the co-founder of Dope Diabetic Girls, both of which give women safe spaces to discuss all things diabetes. So, Colleen, again, thank you for sharing today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So we're going to, you know, we're talking about purpose today. So the first thing I want to ask you, Colleen, is how what it is you do uh, translates to you living your purpose. So my purpose, it kind of, it honestly, um, I feel like fell in my lap um, because it started with, it started with a journey for myself to find other women who were, black and living with type one diabetes. So I could connect with them because, you know, you want to connect with people who, when you live with a uh, disease or a chronic illness, you try to find people who look like you and live with it, you know, to, to hold conversation with. And, and that during that time in that space, I found the lack of diversity, the lack of education, um, just a lot of lacking in the diabetes space. And so as I started to share 
you know, my story more. Um, I found that my story was not rare, that it was more common than not. And then just, um, we were just the various conversations that I would come across and people that I would connect with that <clears throat> were, would mention, you know, how they too struggled finding people that looked like them, that they had issues with their healthcare providers, that they just were not seeing their face represented in this space. When we look at diabetes organizations, then, you know, all the way to stigmas and things like that. And so I'm, I'm sort of a table shaker, right? Like I am the person who believes in holding uncomfortable and hard conversations and just being that voice. And so I started to do that. And in doing that, it led other women and moms and just other people to me and just either thanking me for sharing their story or thanking me for just being outspoken and speaking up about the fact that there is a lack of diversity and a lack of inclusion in the diabetes space. And so um, that kind of turned, I, once, you know, you kind of do some things for a while and you kind of sit back at it, you, you realize either you're passionate about it or you're not. And um, I'm passionate about it, right? And so just knowing that I'm making a difference in this space alone, um, knowing that there are other young Black girls that are diagnosed or young women or older women um, who are Black women or women of color that now see themselves in spaces where we weren't really recognized, we weren't seeing ourselves. Uh, we see ourselves on the TV now in commercials for technology that is for us. We see ourselves in doctor's offices now for technology that is for us. We we start to see ourselves show up in more spaces where we just weren't seen. And so um, I realized that, that that's my purpose. Like that was what, you know, my journey was what guided me to my purpose to make sure that we're breaking down those barriers. We are changing the narrative to diabetes. We are educating people. We we are just showing people that diabetes is not losing a foot, having a leg amputated, you know, um, and just everything along those lines that I realized that that's one what I'm passionate about. And it's my purpose um, to talk about it, to educate people, to connect people and everything else that goes with being Black Diabetic Girl or being the co-founder of Dope Diabetic Girls or being the founder of Girl Chat. Uh, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome, uh, Colleen. Education is so important. It is Correct. the key. And I know in my family, there is a history of diabetes, but you only see it one way. And like you said, there's usually so much negativity associated with how it's viewed, especially in our community. Um, and people look at us and they see us as the symbols of these types of diseases. Um, but now let's talk a minute about that, the misdiagnosis that okay. I um, 
that I, I mentioned earlier. So you were misdiagnosed with type 2 diabetes in August of 2010. And then mm, a little less than a year later, you were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Correct. So for those of us who do need to be educated a little bit, help us to understand the importance of why that misdiagnosis was so important, and then the differences between the two different types of diabetes. Sure thing. Um, so one, I just want to say that I'm very happy that we're holding this conversation in November because November is National Diabetes, Diabetes Awareness Month. So yes, this is the perfect time for these conversations to be held. So a little, I'll give the short version to my, my misdiagnosis. Okay, so I was misdiagnosed with type two. I went into the doctor's office with the common symptoms of frequent urination and things like that, thinking that I might've had a urinary tract infection or something along those lines that frequent urination is tied to. Um, because they do a urine sample, they also provide you with your blood sugar. And so that doctor then turned to me and he said, oh, the problem is your type, you don't have a UTI, you're, you're type 2 di diabetes. Um, you have type 2 diabetes and, you know, this is common in the African-American community. It's common in people who tend to be overweight, um, if you have family history. So there was no, there's typically no real labs and testing done. They just kind of go off of urine sample or just basic questions, not questions that get into your true family medical history. So within that time span, I'm doing everything that this provider told me to do. Lost weight, changed, um, you know, started working out, lost weight, changed my eating habits, which weren't really bad in the first place. Um, did everything that they recommend you to do and nothing is happening. I'm still showing up to this doctor's office with high blood sugars. I'm, I'm getting worse and not better. And so um, in that, I had a conversation with a, another doctor that I know, and I was telling her just the struggles that I was having with the frequent hospital visits and then be, being diagnosed with pancreatitis and just different things. And she said to me, hey, have you heard, you know, I think you might have type one diabetes. This really sounds like this aligns with that. And I don't know what that is. And um, in the past, it, it, it was referred to as juvenile diabetes. And so here I am a 29 year old, like, well, that's not it. And then she went on to explain to me that this is how they test it. They do antibody testing and there are adults that are diagnosed with this, which is why they no longer call it juvenile diabetes. They call it type one. The testing came back. It showed that I actually, my pancreas is not functioning, um, which is why I was getting worse. It is not producing insulin. And so I am a type one diabetic. So getting that correct diagnosis was literally between life or death, because when your body does not produce insulin, you need that to live. It's a hormone that we all have, right? And so when, once your body is no longer producing insulin and you're not using that, you're not injecting yourself with that hormone, the clock is ticking. The clock is absolutely ticking because your blood sugar is constantly increasing. 
it is increasing to levels that now become dangerous. You can pass out in your sleep. People, you go into DKA and if it is not corrected by treatment within a hospital, you will lose your life. And so many people lose their life because misdiagnosed, wrong information being provided, not knowing. And so it's so important that people understand the different type of diabetes. No one is bad. There isn't a worse kind. There are just different ways that you treat it, right? Like sort of like how cancer has so many different types of cancer. That is how diabetes is. There are several different types of diabetes. Like we have gestational, we have lotto, which is late autoimmune that, you know, um, I'm drawing a blank real quick for one of the letters, but it is where you're where you're you're diagnosed later in life, but your pancreas is doing a little work. Then there's type one, which is an auto autoimmune disease. And while you might have a honeymoon phase where your pancreas is slowly is you know that is is getting ready to, that battery is running out. Um, eventually that battery runs out, and you then have to use insulin to give that you're recharging yourself. And so um, that's that's what type one is. It's an autoimmune disease. It is when your pancreas does not produce insulin and you need that to survive. Whereas type two, there are different, there are different stages with type two. Uh, so type two you have is where, um, that's the most common one. That is the one where people automatically think, sugar, I did something bad, I'm overweight, things like that. And it's it's it has a plethora of, contributing factors. It can be genetics. You can do absolutely everything right. You can weigh 100 pounds and have type 2 diabetes. You can be a vegan, eat healthy, get type 2 diabetes. And so with that, it's their, their forms of treatment are different. There are some people who can function with type 2 and not have medication. You have some people who have to have a pill form. And then you have some people who have to have insulin. And it's just like a medicine, right? Like insulin is looked at to be bad and it's not because your body produces insulin. Mine just does not. And so I don't look at you any different because your body is doing what it needs to do. Whereas mine is saying, I need a little help. So I need you to help me out here so I can do everything that a person that is not diabetic does. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of just the like quick stories of what they are or what like the differences in some of them are. Do you think that in that misdiagnosis that it was because of stereotyping? Oh, it absolutely was some medical racism there. Mm -hmm. it, it absolutely was. Um, the fact that one of the very first things out of his mouth was, this happens in the Black community. Mm -hmm. Let's me automatically know like that. Oh, okay, yes. sir, that's that's not how we... You know, that that shouldn't be the, the first thing that we think of. Wow. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, it should not be the first thing that we think of because it's thoughts like that. And it's that type of stereotyping that causes someone their life. Like you said, yep. um, it is literally the difference between life and death for yep. you and for anyone else in that um, predicament. So, you know, thank you so much for being an advocate um, for this particular cause. Um, now, you started Black Diabetic Girl and the co-founder of Dope 
Diabetic Girls. Can you tell me a little bit about both of these organizations? Yes, ma'am. So Black Diabetic Girl is, it's, it, it was, it's, it is a brand that sells merchandise. Like if you're a person that lives with diabetes and we see all of these, you know, we see the various merchandise talking about diabetes and things like that. We, I wanted something that showed people that, hey, I am a Black diabetic girl, but I live with a different type of diabetes. And it doesn't matter the type of diabetes that I live with because I'm still thriving. I'm still shining. I'm still kicking. We wanted that representation. And so... um that is the that is the purpose behind that brand. It is so women can wear something loud and proud that says, I am a black diabetic girl and, you know, period. Right. Um, but then we of course, we have things that say diabetic girls do it better Then we have things for caregivers or just people who love us that tells you, like, stand up for diabetes, make insulin cheap again. So the purpose of it is to honestly show representation you know when you see a shirt you look at it and it, it it's a conversation starter um you know and it that gives the opportunity to educate someone and so that is and um that was the purpose behind it um along with that is i also i do a lot of panel conversations i go to a lot of conferences and speak about the lack of diversity and why inclusion and diversity is so important. Um, I host meetups for women and men, but I really focus on women to come to and to connect with women just in general with diabetes. Because while we might have a different type of diabetes, we all have common things and we have something in common. And so just connecting with other women and providing that safe space. Dope Diabetic Girls was started because women would turn to me and they would see me talk to my diabetic friends, girlfriends, and they would always make a comment or something along the lines like, I wish I found my tribe. I wish I found, I had that diabetes or my diabetes, that diabetes friend to, to talk to who gets it because no one will understand if I text them, you know, unless you're in this community, if I text you at three o'clock in the morning with a picture of my CGM showing you my blood sugar, you won't get it. Right. But they get it, you know? So, um, I sat there one day and I, to my friends and I was like, we should, we should start this. Let's start a safe space for women. Let's help connect other women to finding their quote unquote diabetes, their diabetes, their diabetic support group. And so that's what Dope Diabetic Girl does. It connects women, caregivers, and we just provide a safe space for you to connect with them, find those friends, find those people that really get it that you can talk to. Now, in talking with other um, women with diabetes, do you have you run across a lot of other misdiagnosis? Oh, absolutely. I it I think I get shared. Someone is either emailing me or sharing a story at least a couple of times a week about how they might have heard me speak somewhere or they saw my story replayed somewhere or someone that they were talking to told them my story. And then their comment was that happened to me, too. 
like that that happened to me too um so it's it is far more common than than not and then not just from being type being told that you're type two to being type one but to these other types of diabetes there are women who are who were told that they were type one and they really aren't that they are lot or or Madi or 1.5 where they have additional complications well I don't want to say complications but additional layers to how they need to treat living with diabetes um but it's so it happens it is honestly more common than that Mm, that is really unfortunate, yep. so unfortunate, but um, we're glad that you are out there in that space representing on the panels at the conferences, speaking on behalf of um, on our, of our community, really, um, is what you're doing. And even those who may not even be, have diabetes and going through that, you're still representing for our community because it's our community that has been stigmatized for so long. What types of challenges did you have in trying to start your organizations for uh, the women who have diabetes? You know, um, I haven't honestly faith. Let me take that back because that would be a lie now that I'm really thinking about it. Um, I think for me, the the biggest it wasn't so much as starting my company or organization. It is the fact that it was more so people saying that, oh, there is no issue with being black and being diabetic right we they don't see you like that you couldn't be misdiagnosed they there's no racism in in this community those were the issues getting people to understand that my experience is not your experience and if more people are telling you i relate to this then not then there there's an issue you know, just because it's not your lived experience does not mean that it did not exist. And that those are the type of challenges that I think are the biggest issues um, in this community in general. And then the only other thing is just getting people, you know, kind of getting some of these organizations and comp product companies and technology companies to not um, not really admit that they they lack diversity, but correcting it, right? Like you just, you can admit it and still not correct it, but saying, you know what? I dropped the ball here. I see that, yeah, we did lack showing equal representation. Um, I think that that was one of the original challenges, but we've come away. We've definitely seen changes in that you know um we we are seeing change from some companies some organizations and then honestly those that don't want to change or those that don't want to no it's that's just it those that don't want to change we don't want to support you that's kind of the bottom line so you know if if you can't support me why would I support you and I think what this does too is that it just brings awareness yep. to us as a people that, you know, just because we go to get a checkup, just because we go to a doctor and they come back and give us what they feel is the diagnosis, um, unless they've done the proper testing 
and really um, taking the time to really hear us, mm-hmm. hear what's going on with us, um, instead of making assumptions. You know, we have got to take some accountability yep. to know that, you know, this may possibly be a misdiagnosis or I might need to get a second diagnosis. Yes. So I think that what your business is doing, um, Colleen, is it's bringing awareness to the fact that we don't have to settle for a diagnosis, especially if we feel, and it's got to be something where, like you said, you know, you said you weren't getting better after you got that diagnosis, that first one. So, you know, at some point we have to understand that maybe the doctor is not right. You know, we know our bodies, right? And we know when something's not right within it. So, you know, just bringing awareness to that because some of us will just go with whatever we're being told and, you know, we'll just keep on going with whatever they're telling us without really, really understanding that something is not right here. Yep. No, you are, you are absolutely right. You know, especially in that, in that black community mm-hmm. and even in the people of color community, right. You know, we are kind of programmed or taught that the doctors know what's best. And so we don't go against them, even when we think you know, oh, this this might not be right, or we have questions and we don't kind of ask those questions. We just go with it and we have to get out of that. We have to advocate for ourselves. If some if you have more questions, if you are always say you go with your gut. If we go with our gut with everything else, if we want to buy a car, a home, date someone, buy clothes, you know, we have to treat our health as in the same manner. If it doesn't feel right, ask more questions. If you feel rushed, ask more questions. You know, um, it can literally be life or death for you. And whatever it is, we have to ask more questions. If It's okay to fire a doctor. You know, if they aren't truly getting you what you need, find out if you can get another one. You know, talk to your health insurance or whatever, but get a new doctor, you know, because getting that new doctor could literally mean saving your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Um, At the end of the day, that is what it's all about. It's about our health. Our health is no joke. We can't play with that. Um, You know, some of these doctors might not take it as seriously as they should. Yep. Uh, because of who we are let's just be real but we like you said we have to advocate for ourselves now getting back to your purpose for just a minute yes ma'am when did you realize that um this is just you know this is the course I'm supposed to be on this is what I'm supposed to be doing in life when did you realize what the the, when did the light bulb (laughs) come on for you to to help you to know that about yourself so it, there have been a few moments, honestly, that it that it was like a light bulb and then that knock on the door to remind me, right? Um, so a few things happened, ex- especially during the pandemic, um, when people were really faced to sit down and, you know, um, you, you didn't have an option but to sit down at home and be online and things like that. And so when I started getting messages from women just saying, thank you so much for hosting this Zoom call where I sat on this, in this Zoom space with 
15 to 20 other women and just hearing them speak or connect with them and get additional information, advice, tips, just holding conversation um, in a space was one, one, one time. Um, another, I think a lot of the other times started to come when my face would be shown on or in working with other organizations where we kind of lapsed and they would see me and hear my story or just hear me and, or just be able to see someone that looks like them. And I would get those messages like, thank you. Thank you for standing up for us. Like, finally, I see someone like me. And then the biggest one where it was, I, I call it my Jesus sat down on my lap and was like, girl, this is what you're supposed to do. So there's a technology company called Dexcom, which is a CGM. And it is so you do not have to prick your finger. Um, and a lot of these commercials in the past, we saw, we didn't really see Black people in them. And then when we did see them, we weren't really sure if they were act paid actors or people really living with diabetes. Maybe to a year ago, it, my years I feel like now are all jumbled in together, but maybe two years ago, um, they reached out to actual patients living with diabetes and there were black women, black men of all ages, different body types, different walks of life actually in these commercials that are seen across the nation. Um, we are in actual pamphlets that are in your doctor's office. Um, for me, it was when I got messages from moms with young daughters, four and five, six and seven, saying, my daughter just saw you on the TV screen and she screamed, oh my God, mom, that's black diabetic girl. That's Kylene. Like I see me to when I got the messages from other women who were diagnosed later in life and did not know what way to turn that would say, thank you, right? Like, I, I see me because I know that you are a woman living with diabetes in this commercial. I see someone that looks like me. So when my best friends are at the doctor's office and it's not the white woman or even the black man on a pamphlet, it is me, a black woman who is, what the world says is plus size who is bald-headed on a pamphlet in your doctor's office, on the wall at a family medical conference. Not the safe route, but the, the realistic route. Those were the times when it was, okay, this, this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, this this is it. This this is it. To the calls that I get now of people saying, I see you on TV. You doing it for us. Like this, this is a win, not just for black women, but for black diabetic women, 
for the moms, the aunts, the other women who are Black, who have children, nieces, nephews, cousins, relatives who live with diabetes, who are no longer here to speak up for themselves, who are exhausted and cannot speak up for themselves, who don't know how to speak up for themselves, who just don't have that fight anymore, they have someone who does it for them. They are seen. I see them. I live and walk with them. That was when I knew, yep, this is this is really it. This is this was this is what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And how has that changed your life, Colleen? <gasps> knowing that <laughs> what you're doing right now, you know, because our purpose is just so important and it's that purpose that drives us. It's that purpose that gets us up out of bed in the mornings. And, you know, you're saying you're getting all of these, you're getting the calls, you're getting the messages, you're seeing the people, you're seeing reactions. You know that it's not just about you. Yep. It's about so many people, people that you may not even know. Yep. It's about so many others. And, you know, how has this just affected your life and just, uh, I, I'm looking at you and I, <laughs> you I, you you have diabetes, but you look like someone who is just content and just happy to be a part of life, and that you're living your best life. Actually, yeah, and and I think that that's that's one of the reasons why I do it, right? Because we we either see things very negative, or we see things in an unrealistic view, and so. I am realistic, right? I am your ordinary woman who works a regular corporate America nine to five job, who travels and hangs out with friends, who loves food, who loves to curse, who likes to work out, right? Like I am your ordinary woman. I just have an an additional layer to me. I am a woman who also lives with type one diabetes. So there are other things that I might have precautions or pre-planning that I might have to do to do all of those other things, but I am doing it, right? Like I believe in showing people that you can live with this disease and you can live a healthy, as healthy as possible life. You can do anything that your little heart desires, right? Like There was a time when type 1 diabetics couldn't do a lot of things. And we live in a world now where they're flying, they're they're pilots, right? Like they broke those barriers to become a, a captain, to fly a plane, to being a gymnastics, playing football, but to also teaching. Help customer service, right? Like being fitness trainers, being moms, being aunts, just being there and showing up and showing that, hey, I can still do everything that you do too. I just got to plan for it. I just have to do a few other things, but I can do it. Um, But to your question, like, I think just me getting up, knowing that I have, it's still another day. It's still work that has to be done. Like while I can celebrate some of, these accomplishments and things that we've changed, we still have a lot more work to do, right? Like insulin is still costing us 
life or death. There are still people being misdiagnosed. There are still people who don't know what type one diabetes is. There are still people giving poor jokes about diabetes, right? Like, so I know that while I believe in celebrating the wins and knowing my purpose and knowing that this is bigger than me, I still know that we still have some work to do. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Now I don't want to miss either your newest project with, which is called girl chat. And um, in that particular platform, you host conferences for women. So sort of, is that sort of similar to um, dope diabetic girls? Nope. So dope diabetic girls is solely like, think of, and I don't, I, I think of like your community groups, right? You know how like, Colleges have sororities and then you have the church groups. That's kind of what we are, right? We're like our own sisterhood. Gotcha. Girl chat is where we we saw these conferences that were put on by people for people living with diabetes and their caregivers, but we weren't seeing us. We didn't see people that looked like us in who were on these panels. And or, and or talking about topics that really mattered to us. So I approached my my team and I said, hey, I want to do, we, we need to, clearly we have to do it because no one else is listening to us. They're, they're still hosting panels and conferences and we don't see people that look like us. They are not talking about the topics that we want to hear that matter to these people who live with diabetes. And so we I, we put together, we wrote it out. We, you know, took what we learned or what we see from other conferences. And we talked to the old, we talked to people who live with diabetes. We were like, what do, what do you want to see in a perfect world? What would you see on a panel? And so we reached out to several women who were, women who lived with diabetes, who were all races, um, all types of diabetes, or they were a caregiver of someone who lives with diabetes. And we had them host a panel, you know, host several panels. So we had a, a therapist who lived with diabetes. We had a mom of a type one diabetic child talk about parenting, like being married, having other children, and still being able to take care of your child, like the challenges amongst that. We had a fitness instructor, we had a couple of fitness fitness instructors who are all women that live with diabetes. We had a couple of therapists, we had a psychologist who all of these people were living with diabetes. We had someone who also lives with diabetes that came in and showed and did like little demonstrations on how to eat healthy or how to turn some of your favorite meals into like a blood sugar friendly meal. And so we just, we, we took that knowing that these were the topics that mattered to women that live with diabetes. And we did a three day virtual conference. We broke it up. They were half days and we put it on and, um, we, it was it was very important to us that it represented exactly who women are living with diabetes. 
Okay. Now, is that a was that a, a one time conference? Or is that recurring? So we we did it ourselves, self funded, um, off the strength of connections and relationships that we know from women, and we definitely want to bring it back. We are looking to bring it back in two thousand and twenty three. Um, we're just trying to think of the logistics if we want to keep it virtual, if we want to make it in person. But it is absolutely coming back. We we saw the impact and the need for it. So we are definitely bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Sounds good, Colleen. Sounds really good. Um, now, what would you say to anyone who just have not found their purpose yet, but are still striving to get there? What type of encouragement would you give them? Don't give up. Don't give up. Your purpose, it's there or it's on its way and it doesn't have to look like anyone else's purpose. You know, um, it doesn't have to be something big, loud and proud. It can be something small. It doesn't have to be anything oh, that definitely, you know, it doesn't have to be on a grand scheme. It can be something small, personal to you that makes an impact on even just one person. Um, so I want to tell them to keep going, keep going. You'll know when it's your purpose, when it's, when it's, that is what it, when it's your passion and your purpose and when it's meant for you to, to sit back and look at it and move forward with it and don't be scared. Mm, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do not be scared. Those are the magic words. Yeah, don't be <laughs> fear, scared. fear keeps us from so much, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Don't be scared. It's okay, right? Like, we don't have to reach 100 people. As long as we save one person's life, that is one person enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, Colleen, how can people connect with you? So you can find me on Instagram at Black Diabetic Girl, spelled exactly how you hear it. No shortcuts it is black diabetic girl um that is also my website black diabetic girl.com uh i'm on and that actually was if you actually go to instagram um to my in my bio every way to get to me is there in that okay awesome great and we will make sure to have that on our website as well. Any final words before we uh, close out, Colleen? Sure. Um, I think I just want to say to the people who do not live with diabetes or even those that do, right? Before you judge someone, hold a conversation with them to educate yourself about diabetes. Ask the questions because what you find funny is not necessarily funny. These are people that are living with a disease that literally can be life or death. Educate yourself. Talk to someone who has diabetes. If you think that you might have diabetes, please go and get tested. Ask all of the questions. Your life literally can depend on it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you for that. Really appreciate you. And all that you do, you are truly helping to educate us. You've educated me today. And, um, you know, I wish you nothing but 
the best on your journey and continue to just to be that voice and that person that just stands up when nobody else will. We know Colleen will. <laughs> and, you know, we just appreciate you for that. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you so much for having us, having me, right? And especially during the month that's for diabetes. So thank you. Yep. You have just listened to Streaming with a Purpose with your host, Sylvia Montgomery. Thank you for tuning in. Continue to stay tuned in with us. Be on the lookout for our next episode. Until then, bye-bye.